0: Well, hi there, and welcome to Unshaken. I'm Julie Van Warmer, your host for today's episode, and I'm so glad you're joining me. I want to take a minute before we get started and invite you to head over to our socials, Facebook and Instagram. Follow or like us at Women of the Word CTW. This is our umbrella account that covers and highlights this podcast, Unshaken, our blog called Planted, our Mom to Mom ministry aimed at encouraging mothers in the work they do, and also our Regarding Him conference that happens yearly in March. There is so much good content. On these socials, you are not going to want to miss it, so go follow them today. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast directory, like Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, CastBox. It helps us out, and it also helps you out, because you get notifications of new episodes that drop each and every Thursday. You can also reach out to us at unshakenpsalms622 at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you if you ever have any ideas, suggestions, or thoughts about an episode. Or maybe you just want to tell me about something that you heard on an episode and how it impacted you. Finally, Unshaken is a podcast for women, put on by women, and our goal is to encourage and challenge and point women to Jesus Christ. And as you know, with Jesus, we can be unshaken no matter our circumstances. Hey, let's jump right into our episode today. All right, well, Merry Christmas! This is a wonderful season to celebrate our Lord and Savior, and I'm super excited about this episode because I actually have three amazing stories to share with you today. The first is honestly the most important story to share, and the second two. are actually interwoven, and the first story is the foundation of the other two. So grab your hot cocoa or your cup of coffee or tea and put your feet up and sit back and listen to these great stories. Or maybe you need to finish wrapping all those gifts or mash those little taters. I mean, honestly, you can do anything while you're listening, but I am so excited to introduce you to my two guests. I want to welcome Mackenzie Brunko and Natalie Spiewike. I am so glad you ladies are here and that you let me talk you into coming on. Thanks <laughs> so for having us. We're happy yeah. to be here. <laughs> um, good. And I'm excited because you guys have a lot of really cool things to share. So let me actually, though, before we jump into your stories, let me just go right to the Bible. It is, you know, right around Christmas time, and I want to make sure we pause and ponder the Christmas story. So instead of me doing all the talking, I'm actually going to talk you guys into something. Are you ready for this? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to ask you to read, um, I'll write out of the Bible, Luke 2, and we're just going to read the whole chapter. And it may seem like a long amount of time, but I think it will be good to just kind of listen to it as you are doing the stuff you need to do for Christmas. And I'm going to have Mackenzie and Natalie both read portions of it uh, so we can just pause and remember what this season is really all about. You want to start off, Mackenzie? Sure.
1: In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons
2: now there was a man in jerusalem whose name was simeon and this man was righteous and devout waiting for the consolation of israel and the holy spirit was upon him and it had been revealed to him by the holy spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the lord's christ and he came in the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law for And for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that your thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was eighty-four. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. Now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, And when he was twelve years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. When after three days they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man.
0: Okay, that is, thank you so much, ladies, for sharing and for reading that super long passage. (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure if you, as our listeners, have ever heard this story before. Um, Jesus came to earth as a baby. And why did he come is a good question we should ask. Well, we should probably share a couple of verses that might help us think about why Jesus came to earth as a baby and why we would even celebrate Christmas. See, this is our very first story of the episode today, and this is probably the most important story. Now, these are actually the verses I'm going to share with you are from something called the Romans Road, and really it's just from the book of Romans, and it is a great book to read along with the book of Luke, like we just read one whole chapter. Um, And these are kind of like a pathway to think about why we celebrate Jesus at Christmas. Okay, so uh, the first one is Romans 3.23, and it tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And I think it's important um, that we remember that we have all sinned. We have all done the things that are displeasing to God. There is no one who is innocent. Um, There is a second verse, Romans 6.23, and it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Uh, the punishment that we earned for our sins is death. Not just a physical death, but actually an eternal death. Uh, the third verse that takes us through is Romans 6.23. Uh, this is one that we have the kids in Awana at our church learn, which I think is good. It's, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. And I think it's important to remember and to just think about this gift that we have that we celebrate at Christmas, the gift, I mean, we all get gifts at Christmas. And the gift that we celebrate is Christ. But God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus Christ died for us. He paid the price for our sins. Jesus' resurrection proves that God accepted Jesus' death as payment for our sins, Romans ten nine is another verse that I think is important that we think about. It says that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Because of Jesus' death, which is not what we celebrate at Christmas, but we do kind of celebrate it at Christmas, because because of the death that he even came as a baby, lived, and then died, um, all we have to do is believe in him. Trust that his death was the payment for our sins and we will be saved. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And I, I really, there's one more verse that I think is important. I mean, there's many verses in the Bible to think about. But one verse that I think is helpful to kind of finish with today before we move into more stories, because it's story time. Romans 5, 1 has this wonderful message in it. It says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith... We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through Jesus Christ, we can have a relationship of peace with God. We do not have to be separated from him anymore. And I mean, I could share 25 more verses, but I really just think it's important that as we are kind of getting to Christmas, that we stop and pause and think about the real meaning for Christmas. Christmas. The real th- reason why we celebrate. It's not the gifts that we give each other or the wrapping paper, or the decorations, or the 25 trips to Hobby Lobby. It's actually the fact that Christ came as a baby to have this job of growing up, living on earth, and being that combination of human and God and being able to die on a cross for us. And I think we have to pause there and be thankful. So I don't know where you are if you're listening. I don't know where your heart is, but I want to encourage you as you hear my next two stories to think about where you are. Do you have a real relationship with Jesus? And if you do, um, then praise God. I'm thankful for that. And if you don't, I want you to think about that as I hear from my two guests. I'm so excited Natalie and Mackenzie are here to tell us a little bit about how their simple friendship and how... A simple invitation has changed their lives in so many ways so okay since you guys are friends are you friends yes Okay. just making sure you know Um, I'm gonna have you guys I think this is fun I'm gonna make you introduce each other I hope you're ready for this here we go so give us all the good stuff Mackenzie introduce Natalie for us
1: okay Um, Natalie is my best friend um, and she has been married to her husband Sam for almost two years Yay. They met through our church's youth group when we were in high school. She is a social worker for a program that serves women with substance abuse history. Hmm. She volunteers at our church in the nursery and with the Awana program. She's a fantastic aunt. She enjoys spending time with friends, having people over for dinner and traveling.
0: And she's also colorblind and hates cinnamon. Ooh, those last two pieces are really interesting. <laughs> okay, wow. So the holidays not good for you then because cinnamon is everywhere. Thanksgiving, yeah, can be rough. Yeah, everybody wants to put Thanksgiving or cinnamon in everything. Thanksgiving, don't put Thanksgiving. Well, you should put Thanksgiving in everything, but meaning specifically cinnamon. Yeah. All right. Okay. And I didn't know you were colorblind. Yep. How do you pick out your clothes every day? Um, it's not it's not that bad. I can tell okay apart. So there's so there's different levels of being colorblind. Yeah. Okay. Because I I know someone who is so colorblind that he had to have his sister organize his closet for him because he could not see and figure things out. And I was will coming. give Sam
2: credit that he does help me.
0: Okay. Good. Good job, Sam. We're glad for you. <laughs> all right. Now, that was really kind. Good. That was really, that's what friends do, is they introduce each other with all the kind stuff. So, uh, how about you, um, Natalie, introduce Mackenzie to us? Okay.
2: Um, well, Mackenzie is also my best friend. Um, Mackenzie is married to Mitchell. Um, they. Just celebrated their second wedding anniversary. They have a
1: puppy named Sven. And I love a- the name Sven. Yes. Thank you. It's actually not after the reindeer and oh. frozen. Oh. Well, that's okay. Shocking. I yes. like
0: the name Sven. That's yep. very fun. So does my husband. Yes. Okay.
2: Um, and they are also expecting their first baby in July. Yay! That's yes, so very exciting. Very exciting. Thank you. Um, Kenzie works for an insurance agency, so call her with all of your insurance needs. Um, she's actually the one that posts on social media for this podcast. Yes, she does. Um, and then she is an avid lover of avocado toast and Dr. Pepper.
0: Okay. Um, this is important that we know these little tidbits about you both because they're it's fun that you know so much about each other. Yeah. So I'm guessing you've spent a lot of time together. Yes. Yes. And a lot of time probably laughing
1: late at night oh
0: yeah (laughs) I think that's how it
1: works probably too late yes
0: this is how that works with friends huh okay so how long have you guys actually known each other
2: so we met in the summer of 2005 Um, we went to safety city together um, (laughs) so that makes it a grand total of 17 years
0: wow can I ask you each to tell us how old you each are I'm 22 I am also 22 okay so most of your life Yeah. You have known each other. The majority. Yeah.
1: Yep. So after Safety City was over, we ended up at the same elementary school. Oh, Then we went to the same high school and the same college, too. And we were even roommates for a year.
0: Oh, wow. So you guys really have been around each other a lot. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Natalie, why don't you tell me, we're going to kick it off with you. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Why don't you tell me a little bit about your childhood, junior high years, you know, all the good stuff, the bad stuff, and maybe a couple things that are surprising. Okay.
2: Okay. Um, so my parents are divorced. They got divorced when I was young. Um, so I grew up going back and forth between their houses, but I didn't know anything different. So that was just normal to me. Okay. Um, my dad is remarried. I have one brother. I have a stepsister and I have one half brother. So one of each. Okay. <laughs> um, I grew up going to a Catholic churches with my parents. Um, I didn't ever really have an interest in going or enjoyed going. Um, but we went pretty consistently I didn't really have any big life experiences growing up and would probably consider my childhood to be pretty average. I did love going to school so maybe that's not average. (laughs) Right, Um, right. I had some friendships in elementary school that seemed great at the time but looking back now can see some hurtful impacts from it. Hmm. Um, In middle school I was in a really close-knit group of friends and actually look back very fondly on middle school. That is
0: unusual. Yeah probably not average
2: for that as well although I did simultaneously have braces And I wore a back brace, so they were not my most glamorous days, that's for (laughs) sure.
0: Okay, well, I'm sure that both of the braces and the back brace were important. Yes, Like sometimes it's it's what you got to do, Yep, you know. A lot of people probably listening have at least done the braces. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Mackenzie, how about you?
1: I grew up in a loving household with my parents and older sister. I loved my family and had great friends, and I actually really enjoyed school as well. We attended a Methodist church nearby where we were very involved, and I would describe my childhood as overall very joyful. Hmm. Junior high was a bit tougher. My grandmother passed away when I was in sixth grade, which resulted in a lot of grief and changes in our family dynamic.
0: That's hard, especially in junior high.
1: It was a really challenging time. (laughs) Then in classic middle school girl fashion, there was a rift in our friend group um, that caused a lot of hurt. Um, There were some hurtful exchanges that began to really negatively impact the way I viewed myself Hmm. and relationships with others. I had always erred toward perfectionism, people-pleasing, and praise-seeking, but it really ramped up at this point.
0: That's the kind of junior high that I think most people will be able to (laughs) relate to. Yeah, pretty typical. Sadly.
1: So there were still a lot of joyful moments during this time period, and I had some really solid friends who were very loving at a time when I was not the most lovable, Mm. so I'm very thankful for them. Middle school was a defining moment where I definitely began to see that I was searching for something to fulfill me, but I wasn't sure what it was. By the time I was in seventh grade, we had pretty much stopped attending our church. I did go to a youth group at a larger church that was nearby for a year and was poured into there by a leader and enjoyed my friendships there as well. I stopped going the next year because I felt like everyone was just there to socialize and they weren't really interested in learning about Christ or the Bible at all. But afterward, I didn't pursue looking for anything to replace it besides an occasional Sunday at our old church.
0: Okay, so that's interesting that you attended a youth group and you realized that it wasn't a really good place to be.
1: Yeah, you could just tell. Most of the kids weren't even Christians. They didn't come from... um, Backgrounds where they were being encouraged in their faith at all. And so it was a very social environment, and I could tell it even then. Um, But clearly I was kind of just there to socialize too. Too,
0: right. But that's just interesting that you could see that difference. I like how you guys both, something you said, Natalie, that I thought was interesting is you talked about your parents being divorced and that that was just your normal. Yep. Like I am 100% sure there are women listening right now who had that normal the same kind of normal you did and it's just normal like yeah like I didn't know anything yeah. different we all grow up in different ways you know and God still can work no matter what our backgrounds are so that's really cool to hear since you both have been friends for oh wow what'd you say 17 years Yep, yeah 17 years tell me about your relationship as friends
1: Okay, so like we said, we met in Safety City, um, and then we ended up at the same elementary school. Um, so throughout elementary school, we were always in the same friend group. So we spent quite a bit of time together at many sleepovers and birthday parties. But we weren't always the closest of friends. There how was, many
0: people in this group? Oh, like
1: five yeah. to seven,
0: probably.
2: Okay, it like varied. Like people yeah. would come in and out. Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: Um, So, like I mentioned, there was a bit of a rocky time in middle school for our friend group where there was some division, and Natalie was very purposeful in including me in things when others weren't. Hmm. This meant a lot to me and changed my perspective about our friendship. We ended up going to the same high school and became closer friends during this time. Then, in 2016, we started coming to Christ the Word and being a part of each other's growth, coming to know the Lord, and as Christians, is what made us the best friends that
0: we are today. So, would you say you are better friends now than you were in seventh grade? Oh, for sure. 100%. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> That's good. I figured that was the case, partly because we all grow up. Yes. You know, that was helpful. Maturity helps, but <laughs> yes. there's other things. Okay. Good. Um,
2: so after coming to church together is when our individual friendship grew closer. Okay. Like Kenzie said, we we're always in the same friend group, but after coming to church, that um, grew our individual friendship. Um, as Kenzie said, we were even roommates for a year in college, although that was not a high point in our friendship. <laughs> We did learn a lot more about each other from it and that we should never live together again.
0: (laughs) Our friendship did
2: prevail through conflict and challenges and we ended up being each other's maid of honors at one another's weddings, which were two weeks apart.
0: Oh, wow. Busy, busy times. Very. You had to make them two weeks apart because somebody probably went on a honeymoon in there.
2: And Christmas. Yeah, there was also Christmas
0: Christmas and New
1: Year's in there as well.
0: Wow. Okay, well, you know, it's interesting that you live together and that you learned that that's probably good yeah you know that you live together would you and you what you don't need to do it again because you're both married but
1: i would like if we went back to college i would do do it again again. um like relive the experience but uh not now that we're married that would be really weird Yeah. (laughs) yeah
0: yeah that would be that would be okay um all right so i actually know the later chapters in your life okay because i kind of watched you come to church um, but our listeners don't know those chapters. So how about you tell me about your spiritual journey? How did you first hear about Christ? When did you realize that you actually were a sinner? Because we talked at the beginning of the podcast that that's really important to realize we actually are all sinners. We all deserve death and hell. And, and what did that make you do? I have a lot of questions. And what brought you to faith? Like, what were some of the things? And then how did your friendship change? Like, these are, these are really helpful because we all have friends and sometimes we have friends who are non-believers too. So what do you got?
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned before, I grew up being very involved in the church that I went to as a child, which played a large role in my heart being soft toward Christ later on. Um, by 2014, my family had stopped going there and in theory, I thought I was looking for a church but wasn't really actively seeking anything out. Um, hmm.
2: I grew up attending a Catholic church but while we went every Sunday I really did not have any understanding of the gospel or the gravity of Jesus's death on the cross. Hmm. So
1: then in the spring of 2016 Natalie and I and two of our other friends from high school were asked to be camp counselors for a week. Oh that's fun. It was very, it was fun. very fun. Busy. Yep. Yes, it yes. was during a very busy project time at school oh. too and right by spring break, so finals so and
0: everything. So it did, was pretty wild. Did you debate whether you should do this or did you immediately say yes? We immediately, we immediately said yes. yes. We didn't
1: get to go to camp in middle school oh. and this was, our,
0: this was our time. This was yeah. your We camp. were really excited. Okay, that's so fun.
1: Yeah, so the male counselors were from a church called Christ the Word and we became good friends with them very quickly. They invited us to their youth group when we got home from camp. That's cool. It was.
2: Um, so, after being invited and beginning to attend youth group, um, a small group, and church, God opened my eyes to see the tr- truth of Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The small group I attended my junior year of high school is where I started to learn about studying the Bible and that I was, in fact, a sinner. Hmm. I don't feel like I had one specific moment of salvation, but throughout that year, my heart was softened and I came to see the gift of salvation. And desire to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, and then so I, it
0: wasn't like somebody said, "Okay, let's pray a prayer." No, I did not. It was not like over the course of time. Yes, you maybe read your Bible or like what they do in the small group.
2: Uh, we we studied the book of John that year, and I okay. remember that being really impactful. going cool. through the Gospel. Okay. Yeah. Cool. um First John one nine <laughs> is one of the first verses I memorized, and it says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness.
0: That's a great verse to memorize. I love that verse.
2: I think it was you, actually, that had me memorize it.
0: (laughs) uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Well, see, it's good. Memorizing is good, and then it comes back to us later on, and it is impactful. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yes, um, I'm very thankful for the youth group at Christ the Word. This is where I first really came to understand the implications for my sin and understood my need of a Savior in a real way. My faith came about through my time spent in youth group and at our senior high small group as well. At this time, I didn't need to be convinced that the Bible was true or that God was holy and worthy to be praised because I already believed that from yeah. my childhood. Yeah. But coming to see my sin as it was, which is wicked, is what brought me to the understanding that I needed Jesus as my Savior.
2: Hmm. And then since coming to church together, our friendship has definitely deepened. Um, This is from knowing we are sisters in Christ and we have the same foundation. We are able to challenge one another, to bear one another's burdens, and worship our great God together.
0: So it's interesting as you guys talked, because you both talked about the, you both had understanding of church. You had attended different churches. You knew about church. But it wasn't the church that changed you. It was the fact that you saw that you were a sinner. Yes. Yeah.
1: Go ahead. I think it also had to do with what was being taught to us. Okay. I don't know as a child if I wasn't listening or if it wasn't being said, Mm -hmm. but I just never really understood the full implications of sin or that I even needed to repent. I Mm -hmm. didn't even really hear the word repentance or remember
0: hearing it until I was in high school. Right. And... That is so interesting because a lot of churches that are out and about don't talk about sin. I'm yeah. sure you guys have experienced that with other people. I mean, we at our church, at Christ the Word, we do talk about sin, which is good. But it's interesting that that was the piece that God used to open your hearts. So cool. I love it. Um, that is truly an amazing story. And I am really, I'm really thankful to hear how your, really your stories are interwoven in each other's. Isn't that funny how they kind of like your friends and then they're like, I don't know, like yeah. a braid. You know, makes me think of seventh grade, braiding your hair, you know, <laughs> it's like you're braided together, right? Okay, that was so dorky. Anyway, <laughs> okay, Jesus does change everything in our life. We know that. How have you changed? Like what what would you look at and, and see that's different and how would people around you react? Because you, you changed and made major changes.
1: Yeah, um the biggest change has been my willingness and ability to see my own sin. Hmm. This is vital in our relationship with Christ since our sin is the reason we need a savior, but this has also been very helpful in my relationships with others. I failed often in the past to see my own faults, which led to a lot of hurt relationships and a theme of always seeing myself as a victim. Hmm. Now I'm quicker to ask forgiveness as well as extend it, and I think that has been a huge visible change for people who knew me before I was a believer.
0: That's interesting. It's interesting. A lot of people play the victim. It's really easy to. (laughs) Yes. And actually, I think our world says it's okay to play the victim. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So my priorities changed as well. As I mentioned before, I have always been a perfectionist and sought praise from people. So my life and career goals were aligned with that mentality. Now my goal is to glorify God in whatever I do rather than myself. Hmm. That's awesome.
2: I think for me, I had a big change in my outlook on life. Um, Before knowing Christ, I did not have the most positive outlook and found it very easy to focus on the negative. Now I try to focus on what God has blessed me with Hmm. and to have joy instead of negativity. I think the people around me could see a change in my demeanor and were excited to see my joy. My social life changed, my priorities changed, my speech changed. Hmm. I thought I was a good person before and didn't see a need for change until God convicted me of this. Hmm. Before knowing Christ, I had little reason to be joyful because... My life just revolved around me and all of my wants and desires.
0: And we never can get them all fulfilled.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Okay, so did did people notice these changes in you?
1: I think so. I definitely noticed the changes in Natalie. Like, she just became so much
0: more visibly joyful. It was a huge shift. That's cool. Did you change things, notice things in her?
2: Um. Yeah, I feel like Kenzie grew, like, definitely in, like, theological things. Like, she yeah. had a better understanding. The victim mentality changed a lot. Um, yeah, like- and it
0: probably is interesting because you both were changing. Both of you really at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So while you're changing, your friend is changing. So it's kind of like I don't know. It makes me think just like sp- speeding it up a little yeah. bit. Yeah, being- it was
1: really encouraging as like we're each growing to be able to see somebody
0: else yeah. growing
1: and just like a reminder that God has been really good to us. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Praise God for that. So as you came alive in faith or became a believer. Um, In your maybe teen years, I guess we would say, who were some of the influences or what were some of the influences in your journey? And how did they spur you on?
2: Well, Kenzie was definitely an influence in my life by encouraging me to continue making changes and living my life for God rather than myself. I knew she was excited to see me change and that made me want to continue. Hmm. Um, I was also really impacted by being over to different families' homes and getting to spend time there. Like I mentioned before, my parents are divorced, and they are great parents, and I grew up in loving homes, Yeah. but I was really struck by the difference I felt being in the homes of families that had built their life on Christ. Hmm. I remember being over at a friend's house one evening, and her dad said it was time for family devotions, and this was not something I had ever experienced before, <laughs> um, and then to be included in that family time really impacted me and made me feel very loved, um, and then I've had very or many similar instances since then of families going out of their way to include me um, during hard times, during good times and loving me like one of their own children
0: Huh? because as brothers and sisters in Christ that's what we do yeah. we're like all family. How about you Mackenzie?
1: As I came to faith I looked a lot to the women who were around us at church and wanted to emulate the godly characteristics that I saw in them. In high school I was greatly influenced by my prayer group leader and youth group and the leader of our high school girls small group lessons as well Natalie was a big influence in my journey, too, as I saw the way that she delved into her faith and the growth she was experiencing. Hmm. By all these ladies, I was spurred on to fight my sin, to seek to grow deeper in the understanding of the word, and to pursue serving Christ fervently. Hmm. In college, I was a part of a campus ministry called Crew, where I was encouraged and spurred (laughs) on by the faith of my peers, My heart for sharing the gospel grew immensely during that time, and I also met my husband through crew, who was a great encourager and challenger to me in my faith in college while we were dating and continues to be now.
0: That's awesome. You know, it's interesting. You both commented about people influencing you, and um, both of you talked about observing things. So it's interesting. It isn't necessarily that women or people came and were like, this is how you grow, you just kind of had your eyes open and you were watching. You know, maybe you were in somebody's home or you were at a small group or Bible study. And I know that for me, even though I have been a believer for, gosh, I'm old compared to you guys. I'm like (laughs) twice your, more than twice your age. Um, But anyway, I can look back and see how many times I've watched someone and I've observed them and I have learned from them. And I think that's a really, like a little take home for people to be watching and observing people around you. Okay, what about now? How does your life look different now than from, than before, you know, how are you spurred on now in Christ? My life
1: looks vastly different now from before I was a believer, partly because I've just grown up a bit, but mostly because of the hope, purpose and joy Mm. that I have in Christ. Mm -hmm. I've been spurred onto continued growth in Christ through relationships with people at church. There is great love, joy, and comfort to be found in the body of Christ being a part of a church is such a vital part to the walks at our walks as believers. Mm-hmm. Through these relationships I've been comforted, reminded of God's love and goodness and been encouraged to seek him in times that have been deeply challenging.
0: That's really interesting that you talked about how important the believers are. And the other people in your in your life, and these are the church is important. This is where we make those connections.
1: Yeah, Scripture talks about how we're not to forsake meeting with the body of believers, and I know that there are many Christians who think that they can do the walk on their mm-hmm. own, and you really just cannot. Yeah, you need to be loved and encouraged and poured into by
0: other believers, including both. Uh, I think you've alluded to this, like dark days when things are bad and you're sad. Or you have difficult things going on or huge financial challenges you know the church can do that and the church like you guys both talked about can be the place where we're challenged to grow in our faith to read our bible more or to maybe fight some sin or or be aware of some sin we didn't even know was really our sin you know I think that's such a great a great point you made Mackenzie because the church is huge in that what about you Natalie?
2: Um, For me, sometimes I feel like people who knew me before I was a believer would not even recognize me now. (laughs) Maybe part of that is the growing up, but I think a lot of it has to do with um, just God's work in my life. Yes. Second Corinthians 517 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And while I may look the same on the outside, God changed my heart on the inside and the effects of this flow into my life. I'm going to, se- going to second what Kenzie said, that being involved with our church body has spurred me on mm. to continue in my walk with God in many ways. Hmm. I have been challenged, I have been taught, prayed for, and loved by many in our body, and this pushes me to do the same for others and to pursue my relationship with God above all else.
0: And so that makes me want to like put a little commercial in. Like, If you are listening and you are not actively involved, what would you guys say to them?
1: Come to Christ the Word.
0: <laughs> We'd love to have you. Or go to church wherever you are. Yes. Maybe you're yes. listening and... Get involved. Yeah. Be where you are. Yeah. If you live near us, near Toledo, come. We'd love to have you. But even if you don't, find a church yeah. that really loves God. So so now that we talked about, you know, church and how valuable the church is to us to be involved in, what advice would you give to maybe a high school student who's listening? Because that's where you were. And what would you tell them on how they should interact with their peers?
1: Um, I would say to love those who are around you. One way to do this is to be a good listener. Um, Also to invite people to church, to youth group, to church events often, even if mm. they keep saying no. It's really helpful for them to just be reminded of what's important to mm. you. And do not be ashamed of your faith and don't be conformed to the sinful behaviors that surround you. That's a hard
0: thing to do in high
1: school. Yeah, Definitely. And as you're seeking to have your conduct be set apart, let it be known that you're doing it to honor God and not to just set yourself apart to make yourself look better, but because you love the Lord. Hmm, That's good advice.
0: What about you, Natalie?
2: Well, if it wasn't for people inviting me to come into their youth group, I maybe wouldn't be sitting here Mm -hmm. now. So don't hold back from inviting those around you and don't think lightly of the impact you can have on their lives.
0: Now, you guys both came... After one invitation. Yes. yes. Do you think this happens all the time? No, no. Did you then go, after you started coming, did you go invite people to youth group or to or do you do that now? and how often do people come?,
1: um, We tried to invite our friends to youth group. It wasn't received super well. Um, I would say that we, I um, seek to invite people pretty, often okay. now um it's often met with reservation yeah. um but you know some of the people i've been inviting for a very very long time have come to a few things yep. and it's been really encouraging to good
0: me. good what about you
1: yeah i have a few people that like
2: family members and whatnot that i ask and even if they say no we would try to make it clear to them they are always welcome to yeah. come we would always be happy to have them there and even if they keep saying no the invitation is still there
0: and we still have relationships with those people. Yes. Yes. We don't quit just because they don't come to church. We still talk to them. And that is such an important thing because it's easy to get become discouraged while we're inviting. But we still have relationships. And that is good. I really love your stories. I love how they are interwoven in each other. Um, I love how they kind of go through your journey, your life growing up. I mean what'd you guys say you're 22 each yeah yeah okay so that's not very old almost 23 almost 23 I won't be 23 for a while oh goodness (laughs) you're counting by half years still so (laughs) when you get to my age you're just like uh I'm just gonna be here all year but I think it's important and I just love to hear your stories that is so good why do you think that we should share these types of stories these like I would call them testimonies you know like your story of coming to know the Lord um you know it's is it's just a story of how we came to know Christ? Why would why should we talk about this?
2: Um, our testimonies and our spiritual stories tell others of how God is working in our lives, and this can be an encouragement to those around us. Our testimonies should point to God and all that He has done, and the powerful work work that He can do. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I agree with Natalie and I also think that it's a great reminder to us to be thankful for what God has done and it can help other believers to be reminded of that as well as they're thankful for what God has done For them and even for us there's a lot of people who can have great joy in our stories as we can with theirs. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah I love this and one of the things that I've been in like Bible studies before where the Bible study leader has said okay every week we're going to ask someone to share their like less than five minute testimony and I think that's a really good thing to do because I think it allows us I love one of you said I don't remember which one about it allows us to be thankful for what God has done. Mm-hmm. And I think when we hear other people's stories, we go, yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, like I was that un—that person who was a sinner. I mean, I'm still a sinner. Let's go back. I was that person who was lost and didn't know Christ. And then I, God changed my heart. And what a joyful thing that is. So thank you so much for sharing and for coming on today and talking about your story and revealing things about each other. Yep. Is there any one more thing you want to reveal about each other?
2: Uh, I'm not on the spot. I don't know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> What's something interesting about you? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what is, what is your, the thing you dislike the most? Ooh. Can you tell me what Mackenzie's is that she dislikes the most?
1: I thought you meant about each other. Oh, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> i just I was like i hope no i wouldn't do I that can't even i think haven't of answered anything
2: so. okay kenzie dislikes most peanuts because she has a peanut oh. allergy
1: oh yes
0: that is true The yes. smell is repulsive yeah so can if you're in a room do you just know it's there yeah okay
1: yeah yeah no. um I, don't, I already said cinnamon
2: yeah are you allergic to cinnamon no i'm not allergic and okay. i i can tolerate it but
0: it's just not like do you know like it's in pumpkin pie when you eat it yeah oh you do What do you
1: like i don't like cilantro oh that's true natalie thinks cilantro is disgusting
0: are you (laughs) one of the people who thinks it tastes like soap
2: i don't necessarily think it tastes like soap i just think it tastes bad
0: okay i love cilantro i do too i could eat it on anything and if you think it tastes if somebody thinks it tastes like soap how often do we eat soap that's really the question, you know?
2: Like, yeah, I don't know where the soap came from.
0: That's like one of the things.
1: It's like a genetic thing. Like there's yeah. some people who, to them, cilantro tastes like yeah. soap. And
0: we all know what soap tastes like. Yeah. Unfortunately. Well, one thing I will say, I do think that either you love it or you hate it. Yes. Yeah. I don't think you're in the middle on cilantro. Yeah. All right. Well, we're so glad that you listened today. And um, I just want to remind you, as this is Christmas, next week we are going to be talking about goals all kinds of goals, all kinds of different types of goals, goals in your spiritual journey, goals in reading the Bible, goals in anything, physical health. It's going to be a great conversation about goals. And um, I think you're going to want to listen to that too, as we hit into the beginning of 2023. Already we're here. Uh, Mackenzie, would you pray for us today? Sure. Heavenly
1: Father, I thank you for the work that you do in our lives. I thank you for the grace that you show us in just revealing yourself to us. I thank you for mine and Natalie's testimonies and the way that people have encouraged us and strengthened us in our faith. Um, I pray for those listening that... um, they would know you and love you and seek to honor you in all that they do um i pray that you would bless all the ladies listening um with the rest of their day um and i pray that you would just continue to be with us show us your love and your grace Pray all this in jesus name amen
0: amen and remember when everything around you is shaken you can stand unshaken because of our rock and our fortress because of god until next time